illegal. Struts so bad, it must be illegal. C-A-Y-C-E. Inch to the four, I ain't talking about my weed. Thanks, Got a tap rat, I'm a clap back. You know I need a back, so play that track. Ah. All you fruit should be scared of me, like the one I sent home doing man. watching the new episode of Drag Race UK. Yes, that was UK Drag Race Queens. You just heard the absolute fantastic United King Dolls it was group. so good. They really knocked it out of the park. Fantastic. So I loved it. We're, we're talking about Lawrence Cheney, Taze, Bimini Bon Boulash, and Ahura coming in Woo! hot. What a time. What so a time. Good. But let's, uh, you know, bring it back in time and yes. talk about Drag Race US from last week. Yes. Um, also, welcome to the podcast. <laughs> oh, yes. We're back. London to Brooklyn. <laughs> season 2, episode 6. six. Wow. What? Um, in four episodes, we'll have 20 episodes. That's that's bonkers. And we've been listened to in over 10 countries yes. around the world. So thank you all who are listening to us. Thank it means you. a lot. It really, truly means so much. And also, feel free to make yourself known. Like, if yes. you like the show, we'd love to hear from you. Yes. And it's so great that we've reached so far. It's so so fun. We love doing this. Yeah. So please let us know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Elo. No. Haha, <laughs> <laughs> good try. Thank you. Um, and I'm Elle. No, <laughs> I mean, to me, our voices sound the exact same. Me too, but to a lot of people, we really don't. We sound nothing alike. So that's great. Yeah. That makes it easier on us. So, I'm Elle. (laughs) I'm Elo. Great. I'm glad we don't have to, like, fake accents or anything. Thank God. (laughs) Thank God. Um, so back to Drag Race US. Back to Drag Race US. Um, what happened? (laughs) Was it the ball? No, it was disco. (laughs) It was the disco. It was a disco we've and lived, a little black dress. We've lived eight lives yeah. since this episode. Um, but this was actually a pretty interesting episode because we got to see one of the like fan favorites go home, as well as some incredible runways and some really bad runways. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, talking strictly about the disco portion of it, what did you think? Um, I, it was really like, some did really bad. And some did, yeah. like, really good. And I think for me, the top three of that disco challenge were Rosé, Olivia Lux, and Denali. So I think Olivia Lux definitely deserved that disco challenge win. Me too. I also thought Simone did well because she looked amazing. Absolutely. And that distracted from her little mistakes in dancing, but she, I think she still killed it. Totally. So I think those were my four takeaways from that challenge. I would agree. Um, for those who didn't watch, the queens had to basically dance disco in a disco disco documentary, and you could tell right away who was a dancer and who wasn't. Yeah. Including so our some of our faves, Rose and Denali, are trained dancers, yeah. and I they killed it. They mm-hmm. crushed it. They were not chosen for the top, which is a choice. Yeah, a choice. 
Um, but I agree. I think Olivia Lux absolutely slayed it. Yeah. And she looked so good in the disco. I don't understand how they like Tina Burner's performance that much, because yeah. to me, it's just... She was looked silly. She looked silly. She looked good, but, like, I was like... She was energetic. Yeah. Compared to Candy Muse and Got Mick, sure. Oh, compared to those two, she could have been, like, John Travolta in yeah. Saturday Night Fever. But then her little black dress look was just it's not... Bad. Nah. Like, got make makeup made up for it with her look. Yeah. 100% loved it. But Tina Burr, I would just, those color schemes needs to go. Needs to go. My controversial yet brave opinion is uh, that got make would have been in the bottom two if her outfit had yeah, been 100%. that incredible. Yeah, because yeah, I don't remember her dancing at all. No, I remember watching her a couple times and being like, never mind, I don't want to see this. No, no and no, Kenny Muse just looked lost. She looked lost, and she looked scared. Yeah. Which isn't the attitude I usually get from Candy. Mm-hmm. So, it, that was an interesting challenge, just to see some of these really strong competitors, like Tamisha Amon, yeah. kind of crumble. And it was really sad to see Tamisha go. It was. I really like Tamisha. Me too, and I know she'll be missed. She will. I love that the producers saw an opportunity for Tamisha and Candy to lip sync mm-hmm. against each mm-hmm. other. And they were like, yeah, we're going to take it. Yeah, let's let's go for it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm very excited. Uh, what do you think is going to happen for the rest of the season? Are your front runners still your front runners? They are. Yeah. They are, so. Not um, much of sway. I think Olivia's maybe moved up. Yeah, Olivia's definitely moved up. But for me, it's, it's still going to be, um, my favorites are still Rosé, Simone, Gottmik, Denali. I really like Olivia Lux. Mm-hmm. Um... I, honestly, I know Tina Burner's really, really liked. It just can't. It's it, she's she okay. hasn't shown, she's funny. She hasn't shown her strengths yet. I yeah, feel like. I think we need to see more. Like she needs to really stand out. If she's, yeah, is what she says she is. I agree. Um, Elliot with two T's. I'm done. Kind of. So yeah, I'm over Elliot with two T's. So sorry. <laughs> um, Lala Ree, I think, is so funny oh, in the yes. confessionals. She's a good performer. She's a great performer. It's just, just the look. The looks are not there. And I, it worries me. It's hit or miss with the looks. Yeah. Like, some are okay, good. Some are just, a, that, that is just a bodycon dress with, with a sparkles. huge necklace. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't, it was, she wasn't doing it for me with that yeah. little skimpy dress. But I liked her in the challenge, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a huge Utica fan. Utica is still, Utica. One, Utica yes. is still one of my front yes. runners. Yes. Um, I think the judges are a little unfair to her sometimes. They are. They don't like her facials and the campiness, but I'm sorry, it's drag race. Yeah. Like, camp is drag, so let her camp it up. Mm -hmm. I think that's part of her character, and I think it should be applauded, not faulted. I think she's really talented. I also don't think she has a lot of, since she grew up in a place where drag isn't that big, Mm Mm-hmm. She hadn't. She didn't have anyone to really look up to no. or compare herself to. She's kind of learning. Yeah, hitting the ground running. So I'm so impressed. Props to Utica. Props to Utica. And she's really sweet and she's kind so, and helps everyone else. I love Utica so, so much. That's really good. It's it's a great season mm-hmm. and I'm very pumped for the rest of it. Yeah. Feels like it's we're gonna have it on forever. I'm so excited. Me too. I got my rose sweatshirt. Uh, it looks so Ooh. good. Uh, Oh, we're big Rosé fans in yeah, this household. Yeah, we'll have to play our gifts for each other next oh week my. on the pod. I can't... Y'all are gonna laugh when you hear what happened, yeah. but we're gonna keep it a surprise. It's a great story. It's it's a time. It's a time. Um, what else did we watch last Friday? WandaVision? WandaVision. <laughs> 
That's what it's stellar <laughs> impersonations. WandaVision. WandaVision. There's so many ways of saying it. I'm not saying it properly, but it's... WandaVision. WandaVision. Do you know, I found out who writes all those theme songs. Who? It's the, um, Kristen Lopez and Robert Lopez who wrote the songs from Frozen. Oh, that's so cute. Yeah. That's why it's so good. They're great. I, they're, they're pretty catchy. Yeah, they're really good. Um, what, uh, episode five? Episode five on a very special episode, the title... This was a turning point. Like, I thought episode four was a biggie. This, this is even bigger. This is when I was watching the last episode of Mandalorian and Luke Skywalker walked on stage. That's how I felt this episode with the big reveal at the end of the episode. Absolutely. Massive spoilers. If you don't know what happened on episode five of WandaVision, go away for a second. Yeah. Come back in a minute, two minutes. So, who did we meet on this episode? <laughs> We met, but which Quicksilver? Yeah, uh, Evan Peters. We, so let's just say Evan Peters, because there's a lot of theories out there that it's not even Quicksilver. Yeah. So. so Evan Peters walks on after Wanda and Vision have this very explosive fight. fight. And I was like, ooh. Yeah. It's, it's so interesting that Vision's finally starting to come to yeah. realizing that things aren't right. Mm-hmm. And I'm so curious to see if what he remembers next episode. Because he's mad. He and we pissed. have not seen him and Wanda yeah, fight yeah, like this yeah. ever. It's just, like, there's so many questions, so many things that could happen. But I think, because if we start to overthink, if we start to ask so many questions, our brains will explode. So totally. I think we just have to ride the wave that Marvel is creating right now. I know. And just stay on the wave. I, if we try and divert, it's we will go bazonkers. So just ride the wave. Yeah. Let Marvel guide you to where they want you to be at. Marvel. That's my advice watching this, because so many things could so happen. Many things. So many questions. Shut those all off. Trust Marvel. Trust the process. Trust the process. Ride the WandaVision wave and we'll see where it gets us. That's some sorority recruitment bullshit right there. Trust the process. Trust the process. The Marvel process. I mean, phase four should be, like, titled Ride the Wave. Like, we don't know what's happening. Silver Surfer? Ride the Wave. Come back. That, I've seen some Fantastic Four theories where they're like, well, she was texting Rich, the, the Richard. Aeros- uh, she mentions an aerospace. Yeah. Monica Rambeau mentions and an they're aerospace all like, engineer. Fantastic Four. We I'm know like, them. But which ones will they bring back? I want to know who they're going to cast <laughs> for Richard. I will lose my shit. Chris Evans and Jessica Alba come back. Oh my god. I, I would kinda, die. Like, I did not watch the Miles Taylor and Michael B. Jordan I didn't, one. It got so although, many bad reviews. I, although I love Michael B. Um, yeah. I just didn't. I love Michael B. Jordan. And Miles Taylor at the time was like a hot commodity. Yeah, yeah. But that movie, everyone was like, this is bad. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't watch it. I think they'll recast. They have to they recast have it to. all. I know Honestly, a lot of, that's their best. A choice. lot of people are fan casting John Krasinski as Reed Richards. Oh. Oh, Which I think is an I'd interesting choice. Yeah. He was going to be Captain America all those years ago. Which so glad we went the route we went. Chris, I love John Krasinski. Me too. But I don't think he fits Captain America. Chris Evans but is the only Captain America for me. I don't know if anyone me. else fits Captain America. It's o- it's Chris Evans only. Yeah. That's, I don't make the rules. That is the rule. Um, it was a, It's going to be a time. It's a very exciting season honestly, of WandaVision. I want Vanessa Kirby. Oh. Invisible Woman. I could see it. 
She just popped into my head. She'd be so cool. She'd be really cool. She's a really great bond, too. Yeah. Binge Mode, the podcast, yeah. had some really good fan casts from uh, Fantastic Four. And I'll try and look them up and send them to yeah, you. Yeah. Because I really liked who they had. Yeah. I can't remember. Shoot. But it was good at the time. It came out, like, a few months ago. Okay. Yeah. Just let me know. Yeah. Really yeah, good. so I think, uh, anyways, that's a theory. So, again, ride the wave. Ride the uh, wave. There's too many things uh, out there. It's a time. Like, if you <laughs> didn't get into WandaVision, now is the time. Now is the this time. This is your last chance. Yeah. Things are going to be popping off. Yeah. And I, we can't wait. I'm so excited. Thank you so much, Kevin Feige, for making this yeah, happen. This is a really good... Yeah. We... Anyways... We're so excited. We're we so only excited. have like so six, seven, eight, nine, four episodes left. I don't know why I counted on my fingers. It's okay. Um, so we all we all need a thing. Four episodes left. So much could happen because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so much is bound to happen if it's going the way yeah. we think it is. I hope the last episode is like ninety minutes. Oh yeah, two hours for sure. Because these thirty minute episodes are bullshit. I'm like, mm. no. It's at not... least with Mandalorian we get thirty forty. With this we get twenty thirty. Yeah. The credits I need are so forty long. to sixty. Yeah, I need all of the episodes right now. Yeah, in a concise order because I this waiting is getting real hard. Yeah, it's getting real hard, man. So really excited for the next few episodes. Yes, we'll keep you all posted. Don't worry. <laughs> um, on another note, on another note, we did watch something else. That we was... did watch something else. We watched a little movie on Netflix called. Little, little. called Malcolm and Marie, starring Zendaya and John David Washington, two faves on this podcast. Yes, yes. We love both of those actors so much. We love both of those actors so much. So this movie revolves around a director, played by John David Washington, and his girlfriend Zendaya, when they're coming back from his movie premiere. And slowly things start to unravel as they start fighting and bickering, and it starts to create this toxic environment where they just unearth all their past troubles and it's in this one house in the middle of somewhere we don't know and that's the film the film is this one house this one couple and this one huge fight and strap in folks it's not a good time yeah it's really long an hour and 46 minutes of a single fight i mean i know like eleanor is trying to like make me watch a lot of dialogue movies and a lot of dialogue-based movies. This, I'm all for it. You know, I need to change. Was, I need to, like, um, you know, bring up my you're branching movie out. genre. You're branching but out. this was... This was a This toughie. was a long dialogue. I mean, come on. I love wordy movies. I'm an Aaron Sorkin fan. And this, to me, I, like, you saw me. I was yeah. checking the time, like, yeah. every 20 minutes. I was like, uh, this is, like, 90 minutes of just, uh, just a fight. The yeah. same fight. And I'm like... Y'all, it's 2 a.m. for you guys in the movie. Go to bed. Go to bed. This is not healthy. Or break up. That was, the whole time I was just like, break up. Like, you're bad for each other. It's clearly a bad relationship. Break up. It's, you know, when you have, like, that one friend and her boyfriend who just fight all the time in front of you, and you just, you are just like, I can't be around you all. This is not an at you, by the way. (laughs) This is genuinely not an at I was like, uh-huh, I'm familiar with this the is, no, I'm thinking of a different couple. Don't worry. It's not you. But it's it's basically that same thing where you're stuck watching these two people fight 
and you don't want to be there. Because, mm-hmm. yes, their fight is very personal, and it brings up a lot of important issues like race, drug addiction, women in film industry. And yet, it's not constructive, and yeah. I feel like I didn't learn a whole lot. Mm-hmm. And also, this is written and directed by Sam Levinson, who is the incredible creator of Euphoria. And I've, I really admire him for all the work he's done on Euphoria. So I thought it, I could trust him in this. But to me, this felt more like a like a flex piece. Like, yeah. he wanted to flex all the writing and the, like, artistic directing he could do. And it didn't pay off. Yeah. Do you... Th- do you see some similarities at all with Zafira? Euphoria? Besides Zendaya? Yeah, besides Zendaya. <laughs> um, the really interpersonal monologues, mm-hmm. you see that a lot in Euphoria, but you also see that from different characters, and this stuck between the two same characters, it started to feel repetitive. Mm-hmm. And it's also been pointed out by reviewers that a lot of this movie critiques film critics, or just critics in general, like John David's Washington character Malcolm gets some interesting reviews for his movie and he starts louding on critics as a whole. And some people have said that's Sam Levinson's way of louding on critics. Mm-hmm. And that's where it starts to feel less like a fictional piece and more like a flex. Yeah. He's okay. getting on critics for calling his stuff whatever. Mm-hmm. Also, he's a white man, or at least he's white passing, and knowing that so much of this movie is about race... Just is interesting to me. Mm-hmm. I don't really know what was what's going on, but it's something to take note of. You know, it's interesting. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Because I see the movie in another light now. Yeah. He uh, the N word is dropped frequently. Mm-hmm. Also, fun fact: he wrote this script in the manner of a week, and I could kind of feel that rush. You know. Yeah. Felt like let's get this together. Let's yeah. get this done. I mean, this is a lot a quarantine movie. Yeah, but it, you have time. You could have taken three yeah. weeks. Just because it's a quarantine movie, I don't think it needs to feel claustrophobic, yeah. which is kind of what this felt like. If this was a twenty minute film, like a short film, I think yes. I would have liked it. A short, like one, like episode. I don't know, like just one short thing. Yes. Like we didn't need this constant. Climax, yeah. plateau, yeah. fall. Climax, yeah. plateau, fall. I was like, oh, we're getting somewhere. Just kidding. No. We are not. We're back at square one. We're back. And we're getting somewhere. Just kidding. We're back to the beginning. Yeah. And the end, I'm like, okay. Did we solve anything? No. Not at all. No. We, we did solve nothing. We didn't really learn anything either. Mm-hmm. I will say this about the film. It just solidifies how incredible... In Zendaya and John David yes, Washington they're are. they're really talented. They give it their all, yes. which is so fun to watch at times. And Zendaya is definitely, I think, going to win an Oscar in her mm-hmm. lifetime. She's outstanding. Yeah. And she looked great. She looked great. Mm-hmm. No, she looked so good. Yeah. So, uh, would you recommend this film? I'm not sure. I would say no. <laughs> I would not. Like, if people are like, should I watch this? I won't. I'd be like... You should just, you tell me. Because <laughs> watch it and then you tell me. <laughs> it's, I mean, I, like, I just, you don't have a good time. Yeah. Like, if you want to, if you're a huge Zendaya fan and you want to see her first, like, mature role, go for it. Mm-hmm. You see her in a new light after this. But 
it's not the incredible piece I wanted it to yeah. be and I thought it was going to be. Could have been so much better. Mm-hmm. Well. So that's that. That's, a, like, one of the first movies where we're like, oh, we actually didn't really like that. Yeah. We, so. were, we were kind of over it. Yeah. <laughs> so we're like... Okay, checking the time. Don't want to show Eleanor that I'm checking the time. Yeah, it, it, we came to a point where we were just like, is it over? When's it ending? <laughs> They're like, okay, we're over this. Okay. Yeah. Um, so sorry, Netflix. Not, not, not a W. Yeah. That's okay. They have plenty more movies. Yes, yes. There's so much more we need to watch. Exactly, exactly. Um, another thing we watched this weekend. That I, I wanted to end. That we wanted yeah. to end and was frankly disappointing. Yeah. Super Bowl 55. The Chiefs should have won. I don't know what the fuck they did. That was that was a horrible game. It was so bad. The Chiefs only won points with the kicker. Do you think people on this pod are going to be shocked that we actually watched a football game? <laughs> yes and no. <laughs> <laughs> we do know sports. Yeah, so. we, we actually watch sports. Yeah, um, Alona's a huge sports fan. Yes. She knows what's up. I can start talking more about it if y'all want. But Comment below. <laughs> Do you want sports? Send me your team. Send me the sports you want me to watch. Yeah. And I'll comment. Yeah. I'll do a brief review of all the matches of the week. The games of the week. Games um, of the week. But anyway, Super Bowl, Chiefs versus Buccaneers. Tom Brady. Tom I'm Brady is it. garbage. I'm over it. This is an anti-Tom Brady household, so imagine our disappointment. Yeah. That he got another the ring. I'm so confused. That was... They, Did they have, like... Happened? Stage fright? I don't know. Patrick Mahomes was supposed to be this wonder kid. Yeah. I, and... I just saw him stressed. I, yeah, he looked so sad. Yeah. His team was not there for him. The only guy that was there was the kicker. The kicker is the only person who should have walked out of that uh, stadium with his head held high. Yeah. Because he carried that fucking team. I was just... Yeah. It was not a good game. Yeah. What was good... In my opinion. The halftime. The halftime which show. Which is having a lot of, like, mixed reviews. It's it's very polarizing. And I can understand why some people don't like it if you were looking for a traditional halftime show. Like, there wasn't going to be a lot of surprise guests. There wasn't like, going to be a lot of crowds. Sometimes a surprise, all the surprise becomes underwhelming. Yeah. Overwhelming. A lot. And kind of like, eh. I agree. It takes away you, from the performance. You, you, for, you It takes away from the singing. The dancing was the weird, like, uh, they showed Katy Perry singing and she comes in a whole horse or t- uh, tiger thing. Yeah. I'm like, okay. It could get distracting. Cool. Okay, great. If I wanted to watch that, I could go to Cirque du Soleil or Broadway for Wow Factor. Sure. This is, like, I just want... I can watch a JoJo a perform- Siwa video. Yeah, I just yeah. want, like, dancing, singing, a real performance. I don't know. It's just, like... And I think this... This sh- was good. This showed really... This had a clear vision. Yeah. And, and he, it played the whole way through. He all like, um, helped fund almost all of it. Yeah. And basically, like, a, did a lot of it himself. I was so impressed. So, I also didn't realize how much of a weekend fan I was. Yeah. I always loved the weekend. I, the music's like every song is the banger. Yeah. Loved it. I've always been been with the weekend fan. This just reiterates it. Yeah. But. Well, I think I've told you, I saw The Weeknd Live mm-hmm. all those years ago. And you and didn't like I it. I didn't like it. Yeah. So my expectation was kind of low, and this surpassed it so much. Yeah. So. Great time. I thought it was good. I really enjoyed it. I loved the ending with all the guys on the football field. Just to see that spread. Because yeah. you can't have, because of COVID, you can't have all the fans rush the stage mm-hmm. like they did in old shows. 
So they this brought was, it to them. So this was a great way to show like the spread of the field mm-hmm. and to utilize every aspect. Nope. Yeah, we're fans. We liked it. We liked it. Um, We were dancing. We were singing. Any commercials that stood out to you, apart from Falcon Soldier? (laughs) It's the only one, baby. It's the only one. I like the Ashton Kutcher one. Ashton Kutcher Cheetos Cheetos one was good. Um, Um, I gotta give a shout out to Scott's Miracle Girl, the John Travolta, Martha Stewart one. Yes, because it was filmed at... It was partially filmed at my place of employment, and I had nothing to do with it, but... I feel a semblance of pride. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, um, I'm trying to think. Is what there any else? Else? The Matthew McConaughey uh, Doritos one was kind of funny. That was funny. I don't like Matthew. McConaughey. I know. I know you. I know y'all like him. I do but really I'm like Matthew McConaughey. Something just, about him just gets me. And something about him, I just don't get it. It is. What it, it doesn't is. get me. It's not a match. It's okay. It's not a match. Those country boys are not my match. Um, okay. There was. There's another one that I like. Oh, I like the state from one. The state with Drake. Drake. And Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. <laughs> Shailene Woodley's fiance, which yeah. we don't have time to dive into. No. But Paul Rudd and Drake. Paul Rudd and, and Drake. Jake from State Farm. Yeah. I like that one. I really liked um the trailer for M. Night Shyamalan's new movie, Old, with Gail Garcia. Uh, that's about I think the... I was in the shower. Were you? Yeah. You, I got out and you were like, this is old. And I was like, oh. I missed it. It's yeah. It's his new movie, and it seems like a horror thriller, and it just was. Really Wait, no, interesting. I was there. So I just the don't fa- remember the it. The family on the beach. Ah, oh, yes. The kids suddenly get yes, grow yes, 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 yes. exponentially, and it's just it's it it's, seems interesting. Yeah. I'm curious to see what he does because that's the first I've heard of it. Yeah. But I really am interested in that trailer. It sparked my intrigue. Yeah, it'll be interesting to watch. Mm-hmm. It'll be stressful to watch. And then I remember nothing else from the Super Bowl. Uh, I'm trying to think. I, I mean, the Bruce Springsteen Jeep one was just long. It was sad. Sad. Bruce, my guy. There was also, like, a half shot of a Jeep. Yeah, it was not. It was, a, it was like, a, the, hardly a Jeep I commercial. I could have filmed a better Jeep commercial myself. Okay, my other favorite commercial was the Oatly commercial. Oh, that was hilarious. I loved it. Like, I know people, some hated it, but I'm, it's oat milk. It's yeah. gonna be weird. Yeah. It's oat milk. That was good. That was clever. That guy has changed my life. He will never know how yeah. much his invention of oat milk has changed my world. Yeah. I'm so happy. That was good. Yeah. Um. Anything else? Nope. I, I genuinely cannot think of another trailer. Uh, we got Raya again. Yes. Raya and the Last Dragon. Yeah. That was good. But we yeah. already saw the trailer. We already knew. Yeah. Um, it is what it is. I don't think anything else. Super Bowl 55. What, what a show. A miss. What a show. Thank you, The weekend. Um, We're gonna... Chiefs and Buccaneers, I'm so happy I don't have to watch you play again. Same. God, probably the Bucks are gonna be in there next year. Absolutely not. Yeah. Not if I have a say in it. Alright. Let's let's move on to happier topics. Yes, yes, um, yes. What did you watch this week, my girl? Oh my god, nothing much. Um. <laughs> okay, let's, let's start, let's start. Okay. Let's dive in. Oh, let's dive in with my watches. Okay. So, I finished, I started and finished the morning show. I didn't know you finished it. Yeah, I finished it yesterday oh, while fantastic. I was dying. Yes. <laughs> She's like, alive, folks, don't uh, worry. I watched it, and I barely skipped anything. So, that means That's I, so impressive yeah. for you. So, I watched the morning show season one. It's an Apple TV show. It's with Jennifer Aniston, Reese Witherspoon, and Steve Carell. Mm-hmm. 
So I'll do a quick synopsis. Billy Crudup is also in it for my almost famous fans. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Does he play? I don't know, but I know he's oh. in it. Oh. I know who he plays in Almost Famous. I don't know about who he plays in oh, The what's Morning the name Show. Of the actor? Billy Crudup. Okay. Billy C R U. Oh yes, that's my favorite character on the show. Oh really? I didn't know that was him. Yeah, he's my favorite character on the show. He he's plays in Almost Famous. Corey. Okay, so all he plays the uh, lead vocalist of the band. Maybe I should watch it then. Almost Famous is one of my all-time favorite movies. Okay. If you want to watch it, let me know. Okay. I will, because I really like the actor. Yeah. He's really good. He's great and okay. almost famous. So, let me read the plot real quick. An inside look at the lives of the people who help America wake up in the morning, exploring the unique challenges faced by the men and women who carry out this daily televised ritual. After a fallout with their previous morning show co-host, the popular but hashtag MeToo scandal-ridden Mitch Kessler, a New York City TV station, hires a new spunky journalist, the progressive and hot-headed southern girl Bradley Jackson as the new co-host. The scheming station head manager, Corey Ellison, sees in her the chance to push his career further. The show's other popular co-host, Alex Levy, Jennifer Aniston, disgruntled by the fact that she has to take in a newbie, tries to use this situation to make her own power move and turn Bradley into an ally. Meanwhile, Mitch refuses to accept defeat and tries to take everyone in the station who knew about his sexual abuse scandal but said nothing down with him. Other characters include Chip Black, the show's cynical top producer and program organizer, Hannah Schoenfeld, the station's employee and Mitch's emotionally gutted silent victim, Yanko Flores, a romantic and the morning show's most popular reporter, Claire Conway, a British junior employee, and Fred, the station's lady chief executive who tried to help Mitch cover up the scandal. Ooh. Hopefully any of this makes sense. Um, How embroiled in Me Too is it? Uh, a lot. It's just so... I have a lot of issues, actually, with this show. Okay. Um, first of all, you don't like any of the characters. Okay. Figured. Except Corey, who's played by your guy. But he's a dick. Um, and who's, like, kind of like, you know, he's self-serving. But he's a... Like, he's my favorite. You have he, a type. <laughs> he's always, like smiling and like scheming and like so yeah. confident and like you never see him make a faux pas at all in this season like he's running this really high wave and he's winning at everything he does okay we like a champ but he's like kind of using all these vulnerable moments to his advantage so it's like mm -hmm. is he really an ally or supporting any of these women i don't know we don't know so he's a conflicting character but everyone else i don't like even Jennifer Aniston's character, I'm like, okay, I don't know. I don't like it. I love Jennifer Aniston. I just don't like the character she plays. Because gotcha. she plays her very well. Because she's like, she was a bystander. Bystander is not like, they're not helping. They're just there. And they see everything that happens and they do nothing. Which that's, is almost as worse. really bad, yeah. So, mm, uh, Steve Carell plays Mitch Kessler, the assaulter. So, we don't like him. Hard to all. see him in a And he, like, like denies it, you know, in all of the ways that men do. Okay, this is not if you hate all of the men. Great. If you great. hate men, this show will make Solidify you your them. hatred for men. Um, Chip is a producer. He's funny, but he's really broken. And again, bystander. Um, he tries to redeem himself, but not really. At the end of the day, he just wants to save his job. Selfish. Um, the one victim that there is who's really tough... They make her so vulnerable that she can't live with herself anymore. And I'm not going to say what happens to her, but I think it was... I don't like it. Yikes. Um, 
And then there's another work relationship that happens between the weather reporter and that little um, young junior worker. And I'm just like, okay. But they treat it like they're different than any of the other bad relationships that have happened. I'm like, that's where the issue lies. Yeah. Um, so... It shows a lot of issues that happens in that world, which is important, mm-hmm. and it shows you an inside look into, like, those morning show types, and it's very dramatic, so it's good. It keeps you, like, what's gonna happen. Keeps you engaged. But it's hard to watch a show when you don't really like any of the characters, because they're they're all so, 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 so flawed. Yeah, So flawed. And so you kind of just have to... And Reese's character is, like, kind of like the pr- protagonist, and, you know, but... She is. She's fucked up, too. Oh, yikes. So, you know. Who, yeah, who do you root for at that point? Uh, Corey, the... <laughs> the dick. The the scheming guy who's like, haha, I'm nice, and yikes. but also winning. Um, so, yeah, interesting show. <laughs> Would you recommend it? I think it's, like, it's a good drama show. Okay. If you want drama show. Yeah. Um, it's not, I don't, it's not comedy, but it's also, like, those topics are really heavy. Yeah. So you have to take them really seriously. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to portray those in a enticing way. Mm-hmm. You know? So. Interesting. I think I'll watch season two, though. Now I'm invested. <laughs> but. You love and hate watching. I yeah. don't understand yeah. it. It's very interesting. Yeah. It was just hard. I was like, I don't know who I like. Except for Corey. Um, also, sidebar, in case you didn't know, we live in New York City, and those are sirens going down the street. <laughs> um, you hear a lot of those on the morning, on the, yeah. The, what did I watch? The morning show. It's which a- is, like, basically Good Morning America. Gotcha. But this version. Yeah. So, I don't know if they were inspired by shit that happens, I don't know what Could, happens I mean, I know there was all the issue with Matt Lauer, mm-hmm. which probably might have played something. Yeah. So. Um, you, I will be honest, you have not sold me the show. <laughs> It's so rare when I'm, like, so sold on a show. What have I, like, really liked lately? I'm, I don't know. <laughs> okay. Well, that's why one thing that I really watch is ten episodes. I watched them all this week. Can't wait to move on to my next show. I will... The, the next show you watch, I want you to not skip anything. Yeah. <laughs> I need you to watch it from beginning to end. Back to you in the studio, Elle. Wow. Thank you so much. Um, I also recently watched a show about New York City. Um, I meant to talk about this for several weeks, and I simply just keep forgetting. It's okay. So, I want to talk about Pretend It's a City, Mm -hmm. which is on Netflix. It's so obscure. I'm so sorry that I talk about the weirdest shit on here. It's okay. Here we are. So, (laughs) once I start explaining this, people are gonna just... They're gonna ignore me. <laughs> so, this is a documentary series starring Fran Lebowitz, the writer, uh, produced and directed with Martin Scorsese, mm. which is basically a six-part series where Fran Lebowitz talks about New York City and Martin Scorsese laughs his ass off because Fran Lebowitz is so funny. And specifically, so funny to him. They did an impression of them on uh, Saturday Night Live like two weeks ago. You could tell the audience didn't get it because they weren't laughing, but it was a spot-on impression. Like, Bowen played Fran Lebowitz, and she's this very dry, like, the classic New York sense of humor we think about. And Martin Scorsese is just dying laughing, and it is brilliant to watch. Each episode kind of revolves around a topic, like, 
money, health, transportation, all set in New York City. Fran Leibowitz, she was this very prominent writer in kind of the 80s. Um, her two big works, like Metropolitan Life and Social Studies, were all just personal essays about life and growing up. And she really saw New York go through the changes. She's been here since the 60s or 70s, so she's seen a lot. New York has shed many skins over the year. And just hearing her talk about New York City makes me want to love New York City like she does, you know? I don't consider myself a New Yorker just yet, even though I live here. I'm so green in comparison. So hearing how all these frustrating things about New York City are some of the reasons why she and a bunch of people love New York is pretty rewarding. Mm -hmm. And it makes me excited to live here and thankful to live here. And I'm excited to see more. Do I realize that some of the things she talks about, that I am part of the problem? Yes. Yes, I am. Explain. Like, gentrification. Um, You know, people tourists getting on the subway wrong which I feel like I still get on the subway in the wrong way um people moving to Brooklyn she talked about which I was like "Mm, okay um but one of the things she's uh, one of the big ideas is that she said that while no one can afford to live in New York everyone still lives in New York like you don't have to think about New York in terms of wealth you just think about it in terms of the city mm-hmm. and how you live your life is not dependent on how much money you make, but what you make of it. And I thought that was really interesting. And she's so funny in the way in the way she describes things. And I think she's so brilliant. And I really admire her. And it's a great six part series. Each episode's like thirty minutes, twenty minutes, nice. very short. I should watch it. I think it's great. It's teach, humorous. Teach me how to become a better New Yorker. Yeah, and she makes a lot of comments about technology and phones. And I think that it's some of the most interesting content. She doesn't have a phone. Yeah. It's great. I think it's so fun. I don't think I could live without technology. I She makes a really good case in point for it. Yeah. I say as I just checked my phone because it was ringing. Um, but I... Franly Woods is someone I admire. And I want to be more like her. But I think if I met her, she would A, not like me. And B, I would not like her. <laughs> Great. We would great. just have a So we'll just leave you two on the screen. Yeah. We'll we'll find out. But pretend it's a city on Netflix. It's a great time. Take it or leave it. Thanks, Martin. You know what's up. Nice. Oh, I just want to mention there's a bunch of little cameos in it too. Spike Lee, Alec Baldwin, Olivia Wilde all make little appearances. Nice. And once again I get to mention Spike Lee on this podcast because someday we will be friends. <laughs> And it's on Netflix? It's on Netflix. Pretend it's a city. Pretend it's a city. On Netflix. On Netflix. Go watch if you want to know what New York is like. Yes. Get an idea. There's a lot of subsets of New York, and I think this is a big subset. If you're still thinking about whether you should move to New York or L.A. (laughs) at Erin Poulsen, this could help your decision. I think think this is it. If you don't trust me, trust Fran Leibowitz. Trust the process. Trust the process. I At least a, one of us read. I have a lot of books to discuss, so if you want to just, like, check out, I get it. <laughs> I'll, get, I'll come back in 20 minutes. I get it. Okay. Okay, so first off, I'm going to talk about the favorite book I've read so far this week. Praying Aside by Susanna Clark. This is for fans of, like, um, I always say Cirque, but it's Circe, mm-hmm. Madeline Miller, Song of Achilles, um... Invisible Life of Addie LaRue. It's a bit sci-fi fantasy, and it, 
I'm not going to, it. the explanation won't give much away because there's a lot of twists. And I will start off by saying I cannot recommend this book enough. So I will be reading a prepared monologue. Great. <laughs> Go for it. Piranicide's house is no ordinary building. Its rooms are infinite, its corridors endless, its walls are lined with thousands upon thousands of statues, each one different from all the others. Within the labyrinth of halls, an ocean is imprisoned. Waves thunder up staircases. Rooms are flooded in an instant. But Piranicide is not afraid. He understands the tides as he understands the pattern of the labyrinth itself. He lives to explore the house. There is one other person in the house, a man called The Other, who visits Piranicide twice a week and asks for help with research into a great and secret knowledge. But as Piranicide explores, evidence emerges, emerges of another person, and a terrible truth begins to unravel, revealing a world beyond the one Piranicide has always known. Mm. Dun, dun, dun. Um, this book is fascinating. It's very short. I'm like 250 pages, maybe. Um, you get in, you get out, and it's, the beginning is a little slow, because we're building this world, this house, f imagining these giant rooms filled with statues and waves, and it's not like any other world I've ever mm -hmm. read. Building to this great knowledge and this secret that just kind of blows everything up, and you realize what you think is happening is not what's going on at all, and it becomes this really fascinating story grounded in a lot of myth and secrecy. Um, I would also say if you like The Secret History by Donna Tartt, I think this is also a great alternative to that. Because The Secret History is great, but ends poorly. And this book starts good and ends fucking fantastic. So it's a great, a great move. Um, highly recommend this book. Uh, take it or leave it, I guess. But I think it's it's a fantastic time and a great introduction kind of into fantasy sci-fi as well by nice. Susanna Clare. I definitely want to read it. Yeah. I think I say this about every book you talk about because it all sounds lame. I, I try to really sell them. Yeah. I really do. Whereas I'm like, mm, this is what happened. <laughs> I enjoy it. I don't enjoy it. <laughs> I hate watch it. I hate read it. I'll watch the second season though. <laughs> No, this looks really good. Do you think they'll make it into a show or a movie? Do you, could could you see that adapted to the screen? Yes. Not a... I mean, if it's a show, it'd be a miniseries, because mm -hmm. this book is very short. It would be a fascinating film. Like, uh, I'm trying to think of a good comparison, because there's not a lot of characters. I hate to say Malcolm and Marie. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but it's, um, it starts out very small and grows, and... The, I, I like picturing the idea of what it looks like in my head, but to see it on screen would be fantastic because this world is so unique and grounded in so much. So I hope if you're a director or producer, hit me up. I will help you adapt this. Hell yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is your audition. Right this there. is the Eleanor Serena pitch. Take it or leave it. I say take it or leave it a lot. You do. Because that's my personality. It's, it's, your, it's your brand. It's your signature now. Take it or leave it. Don't know my, what mine is. Ciao. <laughs> Ciao. Ciao. I want to make ride the wave. <laughs> ride the wave. Trust the process. Trust the process. Okay. Um, okay. So I'll keep, Another book. I'll keep Just going. I'm so sorry. Okay. So, I'm still reading A Conjuring of Light, which is the third book in the Shades of Magic series. I finished A Gathering of Shadow last yeah. weekend. Loved it. Highly recommend that series. Back to you, Elle. 
I'm glad you're enjoying the Shades of Magic. It's a fantastic series. Okay. Uh, A non-fantastic note. If you're not looking for fantasy, if you want something that's real and takes you back to the glorious 1960s and want to learn a little bit about New York, I'm going to talk about Deacon King Kong by James McBride. So this is a synopsis. It is as follows. Sorry. In September of 1969, a fumbling, cranky old church deacon known as Sportcoat shuffles into the courtyard of the Cause Houses Project in South Brooklyn, pulls a 38 from his pocket, and in front of everybody, shoots the project's drug dealer at point-blank range. The reasons for this desperate verse of violence and the consequences that spring from it lie at the heart of Deacon King Kong. James McBride's funny movie novel in his first since his National Book Award winning The Good Lord Bird. In Deacon King Kong, McBride brings to vivid life the people affected by the shooting, the victim, the African-American and Latinx residents who witnessed it, the white neighbors, the local cops assigned to investigate, the members of the Five Ends Baptist Church where Sportcoat was a deacon, the neighborhood's Italian mobsters, and Sportcoat himself. As the story deepens, it becomes clear that the lives of the characters caught in the tumultuous 1960s New York overlap in unexpected ways. When the truth does emerge, McBride shows us that not all secrets are meant to be hidden, that the best way to grow is to face change without fear, and that the seeds of love lie in hope and compassion. Ooh. That is Deacon King Kong by James McBride. I know I briefly talked about this last week because I was in the middle of reading it, and I wanted to read it because... I want to learn more about, like, the life of Brooklyn, mm-hmm. and I realize as a white person living in Brooklyn that it is not the Brooklyn that so many other people experience, and so it kind of sheds some light on what is going on, and James McBride is a fantastic writer. You can see that he took time to research and learn and building these characters that are so unique and interesting, and it introduced a lot of character right away, and I think I wasn't as crazy about this book in the beginning i just because you it takes a lot to get going i mean yes a shooting takes place within like the first 20 pages but you it doesn't really go anywhere from there but then as the book goes on a lot of these characters interact in ways i kick i hate this comparison but you know in like the movie valentine's day and or like love actually where like Mm -hmm. they have all these individual storylines that slowly start to overlap that's what happens in Deacon King Kong, which makes it more interesting. And I'm glad I read it. It's kind of heavy at times. Um, it, you know, it's, it deals with race, and it deals with poverty, and it deals with New York City cops. So it can get really unsettling. But I think it's interesting, and I would recommend it. It wasn't my personal favorite, but I'm glad I read it. Good, good. Solid. That's the tea. Um, what are you going to read next? I have no idea. Mm. I have choices. So Yeah, I mean, you can't read a too, too much of a big book, because you got to get ready for Tuesday. i got to get ready for Tuesday. I just finished The Removed. Okay. So I could read The City We Became. Oh, yeah. By J.K. You have this depression book. I have The Four Winds by Kristen Hannon, which Alona refers to as a depression book. It takes place during the Dust Bowl, first of all. <laughs> Full of depressed years. It's. I mean, she's probably not happy. <laughs> <laughs> I just books from that era not my faves. I know, I know, man. So, um, if you hear this podcast, text me if I should read "Infinite Country" by Patricia Ingle, "The Four Winds" by Kristen Hannon, "The City We Became" by N. K. Jemison, or 
Oh, uh, I have If Beale Street Could Talk by James Baldwin. That'd be a good short yeah, one. Yeah, but you still have The weekend, which I feel you could kick out another bigger book. I could. I think I'm, I think I'm going to read The City We Became. Yeah. Because that's about New York. I but think it would be a good book. Modern day, mm-hmm. which would be good, you know. Good comparison. Yeah, I agree. Because I also live in New York in modern day. No, you do. London to Brooklyn, baby. Shooketh. What is up? Shooketh. Welcome. <laughs> um, quick word about The Removed by Brandon Hobson. It's an interesting book. It's steeped in Cherokee folklore. Mm. Um, I have not read much by, uh, like, about Native American culture, modern day. It's... Uh, personally, it was not my favorite because it moves at a breakneck speed and kind of skips over a lot. But I think the mythology and the tie into the Cherokee Nation was really interesting and I learned a lot. So, nice. dare I say, take it or leave it. Good. <laughs> Another take it or leave it. Take it or leave it. Nice. So that's me. Thank you for taking us into that book. I feel like we're you know, doing a show, and there's, like, a book section, and you take over. I, I mean... And there's a reality TV gossip section, and I take over, and then we have our, you know, our, yeah. like, comment. We're, like, the morning show. We're, like, the morning show. We each have our thing. People come to you for fun and entertainment. <laughs> People come to me and turn off the podcast. Although, like, no, I think it's the other thing, because a lot of the things I talk to, or I don't recommend, or, like, I <laughs> halfly recommend. You do... You do dislike a lot of what you watch for some reason. I don't know reason. why. I'm just like, I can't find a show that's really, like, taking... Like, I haven't found a show in a while that's really taking... Uh, apart from West Wing. Yeah. Not to call you out, but you did comment on our last poll about what you, Alona, should watch, and you didn't take your own advice. I, well, I was already watching The Morning... Actually, no, I wasn't. Okay, I need to take my own advice She should watch, watch The Peaky, Peaky Blinders. Blinders. Or, I really want you to watch... The I know, but you've already talked about it on the pod, so I'm going to wait a little bit until... This is for you! I'm going to... Ignore <laughs> them! They don't matter! This I'm gonna, is for you! I'm going to watch it uh, when before season three comes out. Okay. So, you know, I'm planning it in my you head. Will, There's a plan in my okay. head in motion. I think you'll love the boys. I think I will love it, too. It's right up your alley. It's but, gory as hell. Um, I'm excited. Yeah. So There's also a show that I heard about on HBO Max called The Head. The head. Yeah, it's about these like scientists in Antarctica, and they all die oh. or something, and it's like a murder mystery almost. Oh, I have not heard of this. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Y'all, so have to, y'all have to show. It's only like six episodes, so mm-hmm. I might, I might give, watch that. Give it the old college try. If it's too scary, I might stop. But that's fair. Totally fair. Because I heard like somebody else talk about it, and I was like, ooh, ooh. So this could be my next show. This is totally random, but we should watch Parasite. We should. I love Parasite, and I want to watch you watch Parasite. Okay. We should record. I'm down. <laughs> I'm down. Leave a comment if we should we have been, a lot of watching We Parasite. have been watching a lot of movies that you've um, started. So That is not fair. And we did make a pact to watch Furious 7 at one point, so <laughs> expect. So you forgot <laughs> Expect me to slide that in there at some point next we few do. weeks. We do. We do. I mean, I've I mean, en- I've enjoyed most of the movies uh, you've made me watch for the past few weeks. I haven't made you watch too no. much. No, I've uh, liked them all, oh but God. just expect to slide in something else. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, I, I deserve it. It's fair. <laughs> Did we, we didn't talk about Mission Impossible on here. Mission no, Impossible. Was, that's what it I was said. before. Um, it was right before t- we took our pod break. Sad. 
It was good. That was so good. It was good. I did make you watch three Mission Impossibles back to back. I was, I could not have been happier, though. Yeah. That was so fantastic. only fair. Yeah. That we watched smart movies a little bit. Dude, y'all didn't see that, but she just rolled her eyes when she I said didn't know smart movies. I had something in my eye. You filthy liar. You lied. <laughs> you did. No, that was some Ahura shade right there. Look at her. Well, I'm, I mean, the movie calendar is just, un- because of the months, it's unfortunately skewed towards my movies. Yeah, it's okay, though. I've enjoyed, they're good. They're okay. really good, and I'm excited to watch Judas and the Black Messiah. I'm very excited. I mean, um, this one looks really good. Uh, Nomadland. Nomadland. I also, I we talked about this, but The Dig is another yes, one we kind of yes, want to watch. Yes, on Netflix. I really want to watch The Dig. Yeah. Be- the word of the, the word <laughs> of the pod is... I roll. <laughs> <laughs> I roll. Okay, great. Um, catch up on One Division if you haven't yet. Yes. Um, catch up on Drag Race US if you haven't yet. Um, tell us what you're watching currently, what you're reading, uh, even music. I need new music. Yeah. So please send me a song. Um, if you've made it through this whole podcast, the word is I roll, and also send Alona a new song. But if it is the new Taylor Swift Fearless song, we know. We know Fearless <laughs> is coming out. We know Love Story is coming out tonight. Woo! Well, Alana so, will be sleeping. I I honestly might pull an all-nighter. Oh, my God. No, how are you going to stay up for WandaVision tomorrow? I'm not going to pull an all-nighter. I just got to stay awake till midnight. Okay. I sound old. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. It'll be fine. All right. Well, All right. Um, happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. If you have someone to celebrate Valentine's with, good on you. If you don't, have fun. Treat yourself. Treat yourself. Treat yourself. Treat yourself. That's what we do. It's my favorite word of advice. Treat yourself. It is something we all strive for. And Alona exudes it. <laughs> all right. Best of luck, y'all. Have a lovely time. Stay safe. Ciao. Mwah.